Welcome to Space to Face, a podcast where we encourage you to build the online and offline presence of your brand. Whether your strength is online or in person, we believe there's business magic to be made in the blending of both. This is a podcast for passionate creatives and entrepreneurs who want to bridge the gap between their online space and meeting face to face. I'm Paige Poppy. And I'm Asia Cresson. Thank you for joining us. Let's jump right in. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. We have some special goodness for you guys today. As you know, we're doing interviews, and we're so excited today to have Paige Schmidt from HealthyHitsTheSpot.com, and we're going to talk about this in today's episode, but Paige and I are actually recording in the same place because she happens to be my neighbor, and she's also a very successful health coach and an excellent blogger, and we talk about so many awesome things today that we, can, we, don't, even, we don't even know like the highlight of it because there were just so many amazing things. She's such an inspiration as a person, as a business owner, so you guys are really going to get a lot of good information on running a business online and what that looks like to take that business into a local community and to be really a part of that community, what that looks like, um, and just so many other things. So I'm not going to spoil it all for you, but you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Yes, it's so thorough and I really enjoyed myself. So I think you guys will too. And let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Hi, guys. We are here today with Paige Schmidt, if you want to say hi, Paige. Hello. (laughs) So uh, as you guys know, if you listen to past episodes, this is Paige Mm 2.0, who also lives in San Luis Obispo with Asia. They're actually together right now. And Paige is a blogger and health coach at healthykissthespot.com. And you can tell us a little bit more about yourself if you want to. I know you do intuitive eating, coaching, and yeah, let us know. Yes. So I am a holistic health coach. I went to school at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I blog at healthyhitsthespot.com Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You're so routine with that. I love it. I love that. (laughs) I try to be with the allowance for some flexibility. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But on my blog, I share daily eats. That's one of my most requested posts, which is just where I'm sharing what I eat in a week or Mm -hmm. over a weekend. And the purpose of that is to show women, to give them some proof to help them, you know, like relate to me and get to know me and learn to trust me more. One of the biggest things with those posts is that women Mm -hmm. say that they can trust me more because they see that I eat a variety of foods. So and pizza. I saw that last night. Yeah, pizza. pizza. That's so People funny. are like, I can eat pizza and pasta. It's amazing. Um, so with intuitive eating, I really try to help women move away from dieting and instead tune into their bodies and learn how to eat their favorite foods in a way that allows them to feel good. It's so fascinating. We actually talked about your daily eats yesterday because I was saying that there can be something too personal. And like on my blog, I would never be like, here's what I ate for breakfast because like nobody yeah. cares. But then I was like, but there are people like you. And I was saying about how people really request to do your daily eats. Yeah. Like people would love that. It's so relevant to your business. And it's also personal. So it had that nice blend of what we were mm-hmm. talking about in last week's episode. Um, and I love that. But nobody would care at all if I just showed them what I ate. <laughs> Don't like, no, hey, me neither. I barely even show my food on Snapchat. So like, yeah, no one I cares. a point to like, I don't, I don't Snapchat food and they only do it like if I want to show John like something like really cool I'm eating but I'm like I'm not a food snapper like I don't do it and and the truth about like daily eats post is that not everyone is going to care about them but then there's those handful of girls who love those posts and thrive on them because it gives them freedom in their own body totally um so then it's really important for me to cater to those girls and keep those posts going but sometimes even for me it feels like why am I sharing a picture of my food (laughs) oh yeah it's because it's giving other people freedom totally and it's 
so cool. And it's such a, it is a really good example of something that you're like, you're doing it for other people, which is one thing. And like catering to your audience, which is huge. And also that you're getting feedback from them. And she's also being modest when she says a handful of people because her blog reaches a lot of people. So a handful is not the same as it would be if I was talking about a handful of my people. Um, And that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm so local with my products and my services and you're not. Mm -hmm. So tell us about like where all your clients are and that kind of thing. My clients are all over the place. So I have clients in um, London, Australia, Alaska, all over the U.S. My husband, Marco, his favorite one is that I had a client in Bermuda. He's <laughs> like, I didn't even know that it really existed. I didn't know that I did either. Yes. So the internet has really allowed me to just reach so many people who I would have mm-hmm. never met before. Mm-hmm. Never. Um And then also moving to a new place, being in San Luis Obispo now, I've started to meet a lot of new people here. And it's been such a cool opportunity because every time I meet someone new, I'm able to share with them what I do. Mm -hmm. And it's really given me like such a connection to girls because every time I share about it and I share authentically about it, girls are like, wow, I totally understand that, or that makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense, or oh my gosh, that's really cool. Like they, re- I just find that so many re- women relate to what I'm doing. Like every time, like every time they will meet up, we had a like a party for, like a hot chocolate party for around mm-hmm. Christmas time, and I just saw like Paige, like not intentionally, but just like working the room. It was like, like you would chat about with one girl, and then you guys would be in like a really deep conversation yeah. about it. And I was like, okay, Paige, and like, you know, new friend Jenna, totally fine. <laughs> Don't need to supervise any sort of interaction. And yeah. then she would like move on, and like then her and Lindsay would talk about it, and everyone has their own own version of like relating to what you're talking about which I think is so great and is is different it's so nice to see that in person because online it's so different the feedback isn't instantaneous and so you can be putting it out there and of course you get back and it's very fulfilling because you can reach a lot of people but I love seeing it in person because you see it immediately how people can relate to it I love that and I wouldn't say that it's something that I do on purpose or with Mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't go somewhere intentionally thinking, okay, I'm going to meet one person or five totally. people and talk about my business. It's more that I'll meet a girl and she'll say, what do you do? And I'll tell her and she'll say, oh my gosh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I notice that the more authentic I am with what I do and the more I just share it openly and yes. share exactly what it is and not try to hide anything. Mm-hmm. I used to try to hide it. <laughs> I didn't have that many conversations about it. Uh-huh. Um, the more engaged people get. So just the more vulnerable I am, the more safe they feel to be like, oh my gosh, I totally relate with that. Yeah. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. We had a conversation that kind of reminds me of our episode about dropping hints. Yeah, exactly. Exactly Mm -hmm. what it is. And it's like really good that you already do that naturally. Where did you live before slow? I lived in Ventura, California. So just like two hours south Mm -hmm. of slow. And I was born and born and raised there. So moving here was like a huge change (laughs) for me. And I really pushed myself outside my comfort zone to meet people. (laughs) Yes, I was gonna ask, like, do you think that you were as natural with it before? Or has being in like a small town? I think slow really encourages the Mm, face. So the facers, I think. Yes. We're, We're a really supportive community as well. We're very like, stick local. I was actually just talking to the owners of Whalebird Kombucha, who's our like local kombucha place. And she was saying that there's a, there's a restaurant downtown that doesn't serve their kombucha, literally the only restaurant in mm. town that doesn't serve theirs. And that one of their members went to the restaurant was like, how dare you serve something that isn't local? And the restaurant was like, actually, we reached out to them and they weren't able to serve us because they're so busy that they're not able to serve every restaurant that wants to go to them. And, but she was like, but that kind of like local support you couldn't have in like big 
big mm-hmm. cities and that kind of thing. And she's like, it's so great to be here. And that's a lot of like kind of what we're going to talk about today a little bit. And what I've heard a lot of other people discuss um, at that, at that talks that I did last week is like, you can have small goals. Like you can be like, the kombucha place in San Luis Obispo. Like you don't have to be like, and then we're going to expand and we're going to do all of this. Um, And so we'll get into that more a little bit later, but I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, But when I was in Ventura, I would say I was not as confident. And I don't Mm. know if it was because when I was there, I had just started. So now I'm in my fourth year. So I feel more comfortable talking Mm -hmm. about my business. I feel really confident in it and strong about it. Um, But I also think it has to do with now I'm in a new place. So everyone's just getting to know me for the first time, like Mm -hmm. brand new opportunity to meet people. Like fresh start. Yeah. When you've grown up in the town that you live in and you start your business in, it's more like, um, not that it's a bad thing for people to know your past at all, but I think that it, you here in a new town, I feel like I can be taken a little bit more seriously, if that makes sense. Well, it's your first introduction is you're saying, I'm the health coach and I do this. And when people already know you, it's weird. We've talked about this before. It's weird to, to ask again, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've known you for 10 years, but like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. 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 And then wait, so you've been doing it for four years. So did you start your business while you were still in school? Yeah. So when you go to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, you can become a health coach six months through. So right at the six month point, I accepted my first client. I took on five clients while I was in school. And then um, when I graduated from the program, I took on 10 more. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, I took on 15 more. So oh, at my one gosh. point, oh, I had my gosh. 30, 33 to 35 clients at one time. How did you do that? You met with 33 a week? Every, so every two weeks, but it would be like 15 to 16 people. Oh, my To 17 gosh. people in a week. Um, for an hour each call, and then full 24-7 email support, Jeez, except for weekends. Louise. Um, and I loved it at the time because mm-hmm. I had I had just started, um, and I still love it now, but I could not do 30 sessions now. Um, no. But my, <laughs> price, my price was so low at that right. point, which Asia and I have talked about a lot, pricing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Paige and I talk about it a lot, too. Yeah. Which- <laughs> That I needed to accept so many clients at one time. Now I only accept 12 clients at one time. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. Makes me so happy. (laughs) So glad for you. Which feels really good. I really, I thought I was able to give everyone my full attention before. And I think that I did give them a lot of attention. But now I just feel so much more invested in each person. Mm -hmm. That's a really good like nugget to take that like, and I think talk about this a lot because I think about pricing and like almost every business owner that I encounter who's too busy, it just like so stresses me out because I'm like, if you raise your prices 10%, you would lose 10% of your clients or like that's the fear. And then you'd be making the same amount and working less and able to give more attention and more Mm -hmm. value to the clients you have. And people don't, don't like expect that from themselves. They're like, no, but I love what I do and blah, blah, blah. But I see it. I notice it myself first with clients who I was either feeling like I wasn't charging enough or I was doing it for free or whatever. I would just drag through the work, even though I was like, oh, I love doing this. And then when I finally was like excited about how much I was getting paid, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to do, I need to work extra hard and I want to be really excited about it. And that's that's something that like I was able to give before because I was like, now I'm going to have to go home and do more work because I, I, you just you have to you know make a certain amount to live. Yeah. So it's really interesting that the psychology of pricing is huge. It's so true. It's like you as a business owner are more invested in it, and then your client is so much more invested in it. Mm-hmm. Because I know when I pay a lot for something, I'm yes. so much more invested yes. in it. So it's like by them paying a little bit more, they're getting themselves just automatically better results. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I know if I ever feel like frustrated throughout a process, I'm like, this is a sign. Either raise it up a little bit, and everyone yes. will be happier. 
Um, Especially for you, too, like, with what you are trying to teach people and share with people, you're obviously trying to apply it to your own life. So you want to give yourself the time to incorporate your health into that. Yes. Yes. That makes so much sense with any coach. I feel like everyone is always talking about work-life balance. And that's, like, what we talk about so much on the podcast. And if you weren't doing it for yourself, and that, like, doesn't make any sense at all. Like to be like, you should do this, but like, I'm going to go over here and like work my ass off and like never take a break. And it's just like, it's not like living by example and something that you do so well. That's a huge thing that I care about. Like if I'm, if I'm coaching, first of all, I don't even feel like I can coach a client on something unless I'm doing it myself also. So I have to always make sure that I'm in check with myself and I want to say practicing what I preach, but really it's like the opposite Preaching what you practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I need to be practicing the things that I'm teaching in yeah. order to um, like understand and believe that they're real and they're effective mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and how they work. Like just understand them personally. So right. I'm going through the same process all the time that all of my clients are going through. Yes. That's so cool. We're actually yeah. going to talk about that next week with Jamie Hyatt about like empathy in business and like mm-hmm. how you have to be able to put yourself in the shoes of your client. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about this again, but... I can't put myself in the shoes of all my clients because I've never been married before. Mm. And so for my wedding clients, I don't know what it's like. And so mm. I have to try really hard. But you can do that naturally because you've like yeah. you've understood what it's like to not feel good about yourself or to not like eat what you're supposed to eat or whatever yes, it is. Yes, yes, and yes. I bet that changes how you approach your clients a lot. It changes everything for yeah. me. Yeah. So I probably have talked about how we met before, but I would love to hear your perspective on it for our like facer community. And like because this is I like to pretend in my brain that you were only a spacer and you never talked to anybody until I came along. That's obviously not true, but that's what I tell myself in my head. And so I'd love to hear your perspective on how we met, et cetera, and then like your facer journey. That is somewhat true though. <laughs> like I really yes. would consider myself a spacer before. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved here and really when I met Asia, because she's introduced me to so many people <laughs> here. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know all of San Luis Obispo now because <laughs> Um, but I really have started to connect with people more in that way. Mm -hmm. But the way that Asia and I met, um, I'll, I'll, I'll meet myself in the middle. I won't tell the long story, but I won't tell the short story. (laughs) Um, I had woken up really early on a Wednesday morning, like four o'clock because my friend was leaving my house. We had gone to a concert the night before and had tons of friends staying at our house. And my friend had to wake up early and Mm. leave to go to Ventura to go to work. Um, and her car alarm started going. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And we couldn't turn it off. So for an hour, my friend and I were driving around San Luis Obispo with her car alarm blaring, (gasps) trying to find someone to help. Driving? That's so weird. While we were driving, wouldn't turn off. So I was helping her. So I was up super early. Didn't want to go back to the house because I knew my husband and all his friends were still sleeping. So I grabbed my backpack and went to Starbucks, sat at the table, started doing some work, and Asia and a whole bunch of her sweat pretty friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paige did um, sweat pretty too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They came over and sat at the table, and Morgan was sitting there and talking about meal planning. And I had literally probably like just hit published on a blog post about how to meal plan when you're an intuitive eater. Mm-hmm, like how to balance it all and have it not feel strict. And so I just shared with Morgan, hey, I just wrote a blog post about that. (laughs) And she's like, so cool. Let me look it up. She looked at my blog, 
then reached out to me afterwards, Morgan did, invited me to speak in her classroom at Cal Poly on a blog panel, and Asia was one of the other speakers. Mm-hmm. So then Asia and I connected more mm-hmm. um, than through email. We connected more through email than we did at that first time yeah. at Starbucks. We had also had a conversation because she wanted advice on, oh, yeah. on pic- uh, cameras. Yeah, photography yeah. cameras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Asia was so sweet. She... Um, I think I had messaged her, Morgan had messaged her saying that I was interested in a camera and she called me, I think you were coming home from yoga. You were walking home. She told me like all this information that I needed. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the nicest person. She doesn't even (laughs) see and she's calling me and just helping me. So she spent like 45 minutes on the phone with me, giving me advice on what camera to buy. Um, so then after that, we scheduled the time to get coffee together. Mm -hmm. And then that's when she told me about you Paige, And Mm -hmm. she told me about your biz time. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I really need a friend to work with. <laughs> yeah, like you don't have it in your life before, and then you're like, oh, whoa, this is awesome. I yes, need it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's how we met, and now we just stayed connected through doing biz time together, and then Asia is like always including everyone in everything. So That's not true, to be fair. That really? I don't include everyone in everything, just the people I like. Okay, so I want you to feel you like. special. <laughs> this is an exclusive club. That's what it is. <laughs> I happen to like a lot of people, but... <laughs> but how funny that you didn't normally... Like, Starbucks or, like, going out was not part of your normal routine, necessarily. So how cool that, like, that one weird time where you were forced to, yeah. like, turn into that. That's really and cool. Then, and it's so funny, because I remember the first time that we did it, and she... When we first talked about it, I was like, hey, I go to the coffee shop, you know, every morning, if you ever wanted to join. And she's like, yeah, I could maybe do it on, like, maybe Mondays and Fridays. Yeah. Do you remember? Yep. And, um, and then the first Monday, she was like, I can do tomorrow. What time do you want to meet tomorrow? And then now we just meet every day. And I, I just said it's like going to school because we meet like at a certain time. Yeah. And we, it's not like we check in like, hey, are we still meeting? It's like I have to go to school. Like I have to meet up with Paige. Right. So like we have to. And that's how Paige Poppy and I work together. Yeah. Oh, and you say, so, wait, we, we were doing like every Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, and oh, then we were doing tomorrow. like. <laughs> tomorrow let's yeah, just start doing totally. it every day um and john was joking last night that um biz time is like as sacred as like yoga retreats or something about mm. a yoga retreat he was like biz time is very sacred he's like sometimes i'm allowed to show up and get my own coffee but other than that like it is untouchable wait time. how funny i don't think i i think i saw john maybe like once at a biz time and it was like okay i got my coffee see ya let's see you later go. it is a sacred time i've only and- seen him once too <laughs> and it was as we it was as i was leaving like our, our biz time was coming to an end and then he came and then he was allowed to come after that it's yeah it's so funny like I don't know if everyone realizes how much of like it was kind of especially when I lived there from my experience it was like a posse like because we were there every day and then Mallory would come by and then Morgan would stop in it was like you know we'll be here like yeah we're gonna be here yeah sometimes Britt comes by Melissa Jean the photographer comes by so a lot of times it's just us two kicking it but it was really awesome Jamie Hyatt's in town right now visiting from Canada um and she's another Spark Lounge member as you guys know and we'll be interviewing her next week but she was there this morning so it's so nice to have all three of us Mm -hmm. working and I was like oh if only Paige Poppy was here we'd have the whole crew together Wait, so where is Jamie right now if we're doing this? She is downstairs chatting with John about politics. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so fascinating. And she's also letting him know what to wear because she's doing a photo shoot with us tonight. Oh. <gasps> so fun. Did she fun. location yet? we showed her the ranch today and so she loved it so I'm not sure but again I want her to have her own vision for it mm. I want it to be my vision and um so hopefully it's she so today. it's so beautiful out there literally you can see the view of like Morro Bay all of San Luis Obispo but like every side of San, you can see everything from it's there it's beautiful out there it's so great so I'd love to hear about how and you, you touched on us already but if there's any other insights you have on like what more of being a facer because I remember you specifically asking like why is it important to you to be locally present you were like why is 
is this like whole facer thing? I think when I was first telling you about the podcast and you're like, why is that important? Basically. Yeah. Um, I'm still learning why it's important, but I think one thing is like just connecting, yeah, connecting with people in person and getting people to know you, I think is an important thing to get comfortable with even a Mm -hmm. lot of people who are spacers who are online. Yeah get to be behind a screen all the time and they don't necessarily have to talk about what Mm -hmm, they do mm -hmm. in person because they're like, why do I have to do that? Like I can kind of like take a break from it when I'm in person with people Mm -hmm. and then online I Mm -hmm. can do all the talking, but I think it gives you more confidence in your business when you're able to talk about it in person and online, Yeah, which in turn really helps your business. And like that confidence was really necessary for me. Um, for example, when I increased my prices, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. that was really challenging, but I got through it <laughs> three months of <laughs> really did. hard mental work and I got through it. Um, but also I just got a Yelp account and it's connected ah. me with people in San Luis Obispo more. So that's kind of like uh, definitely like a space to face thing. Like it's right in the middle. Yes. Oh my God. So both of you guys are on Yelp. Do I need to get on Yelp or is that like, At first, I didn't think I could, but, like, I do, like, mural painting, too, like, in people's homes on their walls. So, like, could I be on there for that? I probably should be. I saw, like, a a cactus thing, I think, that you did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so cool. I loved it. Yeah, I'm going to do, like, a backyard desert scene, too. It'll be cool. But maybe I should get on there, because I know you guys love it. Well, that's an example of something that I was like, oh, I don't need to do this. This would, like, get me people locally, and I don't really need people locally. Like, that was kind of my mindset. Mm-hmm. And I've had, like, three girls now find me through Yelp, and I just started it a few months ago. Yeah. So, um, And it's like, why not have people locally? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you meet with those local people, are you still doing it from your laptop on Skype just because it's easier that way, or are you meeting them in person? I still do it on the phone. So we don't do like video Skype. And the reason is, is because I don't want them to have to worry about like the way they look or if they got ready or not. I just want them to like show up for the call, not have any worries. I don't want them to feel like I'm staring back at them when they're Mm -hmm. telling me, you know, something maybe that's hard for them to share or uncomfortable. Like, I think that can be good, but I also don't want them to feel that pressure. Right. Um, So when they're on the phone, they are able to vocalize things and just share and really like remove any fear of being judged Mm -hmm. at all. Interesting. Yeah. And of course I'm not judging them ever, but I think that just, it really provides them the space just to talk and be open and share like their successes and their failures and what they're having a hard time with and to be able to talk through them at work. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus I feel, I feel like it just allows our time to be really focused. Yes. Um, So there's a lot of space for, opening up and digging deeper and asking questions and reflecting, but also like the phone and not having to worry about like being right there in front of someone. Like I can jot down a few notes and like keep our conversation in line, in line, like kind of targeted to where we're going. I've never thought about how that's like a huge benefit of just doing things online Mm -hmm. versus like, so that was kind of an argument to doing no video, right? Like doing Skype calling over Skype video, but it's Mm -hmm. such an argument to not do it in person because Mm -hmm. if you're in person, there's even more distraction with seeing each other, having to get ready, having to transport yourself there, like the distractions of like what's around you. So I can totally see why it would be better to do it over Skype than in person. Well, yeah, yeah, that can be a big hesitation for people to want to do anything locally. So like, Oh, interesting. 
Right. Right. Yeah, right. that's so interesting. Would you ever consider doing like a consultation or something like that in person and then Yeah. So, um, what I would do if someone wanted to meet in person, I've done it both ways. I've actually had an in-person client here since I lived here we did half of her program in person and then she moved to another town and we ended up taking it all on the phone. Mm -hmm. And I think she may have even liked her phone sessions even more. Mm -hmm. Like it was so fun to meet up and get coffee. Yeah. Um, but somehow the time felt so much shorter when we were in person. Like it just Mm -hmm. went by really, really fast. Like 50 minutes felt like 20. Yeah. Like really fast. Um, but what I would do is like have a consultation with someone in person or schedule like one or two of their 12 sessions in person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but the commitment that would be made would be six months of coaching over the phone. I see. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So it's like, you're like, you're saying like, I would love to meet in person. Sometimes it's like, it's never happening. Yeah. You can get a little bit of of in, in person thing, which I really like for me. I like, I think, first of all, I speak so quickly that mm-hmm. it's really difficult for me to, like, build relationships over the phone. Mm-hmm. So not that I've ever tried to build a relationship over the phone. That sounded <laughs> weird. Maintain a relationship over the phone, I right. guess. Um, and so it's, like, when I have friends, like, for example, like, with Paige and she's gone or with my best girlfriend, Alyssa, in Seattle, mm-hmm. I really try to to FaceTime as much as I can because it's so mm-hmm. much easier for people to understand me when they can see me. Mm-hmm. And I also, like, feel like I make so many facial expressions that even with like my creative coach is Jen Carrington, as we know. And when sometimes she's like, I'm so sorry, I'm not camera ready. I'm like, I'm gonna turn my camera on though. So that you can see my face so that you know, like just more of what I'm saying, you know? Right. And so I think it's so for me, it's so much more beneficial for like me to communicate clearly because it's so hard to understand me when, when you're just listening. I wonder how it is for you guys who are listening on the podcast because I speak so quickly. I need to slow the hell down. There's only been like one part of an episode where I was like, whoa, that was really fast. But otherwise, I don't don't notice it. But Gilmore Girls is my favorite show, and that's what I'm known for. (laughs) Did you know? Did you know that like the two main characters on there, like Lorelai and Rory, they had difficulty getting hired for roles after that show because they spoke too fast. So they had to retrain themselves. Yeah, they had to retrain themselves. Interesting. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah, they were so quick on that show. I, I expect myself to be really quick when I public speak. And so I packed a lot of information into that one thing that I did that actually Paige here went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spoke so much slower than I thought that I was going to. And John was like, I could actually understand you. It was amazing. That's so and great. But then I didn't get to finish my speech because I had planned to speak so much quicker. But she was so funny, too, and had the whole room. I think her speech was, like, the one speech that had everyone, like, laughing oh, a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's actually on YouTube now. And oh, I put a link cool. to it in the show notes. Oh, so I need to go watch it. Yes, it's, I'm, I like kind of blacked out a little bit, so I don't really know, I don't really want to watch it, because I'm a little nervous, I'm like, I don't even know what I freaking said, mm. um, but they broke it up, I thought they were going to have like a whole thing of like everybody all at once, but they broke it up into each section, and mm. so you just go to one video to see oh, my cool. thing, which I thought was really cool, so. We'll that see. just reminds me, like total side note, but Brene Brown, her video on TED Talks, like the one that's like the biggest video mm-hmm. ever, she's never watched it. No way. Oh, that's wow. So funny. Video. Oh, my gosh. That's really funny. At least she said that in her book, Daring Greatly. Yeah, she's like, I've never watched ne- it. still never watched her video. That is fascinating. Yeah. I don't listen to the podcasts after I, like, re-listen to them one time. I don't, like, listen to them again. But my videos that I have on YouTube, I will watch those things all the time. Yeah. I think I'm hilarious in video. <laughs> I'm, like, I love it so much. That's but so I'm worried. I don't know why. Maybe because 
not like in control of the editing. It's it's more candid, the, the thing that I did. I don't know. And it sounds like you're more comfortable when you know that someone can see you versus when they can like oh, only yes, hear you. Oh, yes, definitely. So it might be easier for you to yes. watch the video. Yes, interesting. Yeah. yeah, okay, so maybe I'll try that. I am so much more comfortable. That's such an interesting spacer-facer thing. Mm-hmm. Like I am just more comfortable being a facer than I am than I am a spacer. Mm-hmm. And one thing that someone, actually Alex Beaton, told me is that she loves that in my blog post I have pictures of myself, mm-hmm. which felt very natural for me because I – I like getting photos of myself done and it's a really mm-hmm. great excuse to put them up there. Right. But then at one point I was like, wait, I should be showing photos of my work, like not me and them, you know, I should be showing photos of other people, but I didn't like how that kind of tied that person to like the content that I had. And I didn't mm. want it to be me writing something to my high school self and then, you know, Jillian, my client oh, being right. like, it's her words. Right. And, but then, but then it makes me more comfortable because people can, can see me. And I just like mm. it when people can see and like understand the context in which I'm speaking. Totally. So it does make a big difference to me. I think that the facing is more, more, much more where I'm comfortable, but a lot of people are more comfortable online mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. It's actually funny. I met, um, so remember when I told you on the interview with Amy, um, Paige, so, you know, I have a client that I've been doing commissions for, and she actually lives, like, one, like, down my street. Like, I can get there in two minutes. So I met her last night for the first time. She came to my house, and it was so weird. Like, I don't think I was, like, mentally prepped for the conversation because I was watching TV, and she's like, oh, I'm here. So I got up, and I'm like, oh, hey. And, like, I slurred the crap out of my words, and I talked really fast, too. I'm a mumbler. And I think she was kind of like, whoa, this girl is, like – all over the place. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah, I'm like, so, feeling though. Yeah, yeah. Nope. So maybe like I'm better when I know I'm being recorded or something too. I don't, but I don't know. I think it was fine ultimately. Yeah. But um, I mean, it, it ended well. She like told me to come over to play ping pong. So I think it was <laughs> fine. She liked you. Yeah. yeah. You, you yes. wouldn't just invite anyone over for ping pong. That's a sacred time. You got I'm a second yeah. hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. I'm, like, a fan of anything that makes me feel like I live in a small town, even though I don't. So it was kind of fun. I love that. When um, – so since Jamie's here visiting, she was – you know, we're talking a lot about slow, and she's asking, like, how big the town is, and we're 44,000. And to me, that's big because where I'm from is half the, half that. It's around 20, 25. And so I know that slow's not big. Like, I'm not, like, small-town hick redneck girl. But it also feels like I see people all the time that I don't know. But then when, mm. when new people come to visit, not only do they think it's small, but they think I know everybody because I do know everybody. But I'd also – they're like, oh, my gosh, it's such a small town. Like, look at you and your community. It's so small. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I like forget and I get to like appreciate it all over again. And I so agree that it's, I, w- I wonder how much easier it is for me to be a facer in a small town. Mm-hmm. It is easier. It just has to be, you know. It has to be. I mean, like there's certain things that you're able to do like to book more things like back to back. Like yeah. for most people, it's like, like for me too, it's like, okay, I need to have a 30 minute driving window in between each mm-hmm. of these things. So you're like automatically losing like an hour or two of your day where like you could be putting yeah. in another appointment. It's totally helps you be a facer and just like, and I feel, I feel like also when you mentally know that you can literally walk out your door to go meet someone, it's a yeah. hell of a lot easier. But like in Phoenix, like I have a lot of friends who might live in Mesa or Chandler or downtown and like you need to meet in the middle and it doesn't feel like as simple. Before people, totally. You know? And I'm sure that there's a lot of times where you're like, no, I'm not because I don't have the time or like you, whatever. Yeah. Um, one of the questions that we got asked on our blog panel was I was talking about the magazine and they were asking why I don't live in a bigger city and doing um, like doing something like slow what or doing having the photography business because like from 
like a standard business perspective, you would want to be where there's more people, there's more wealth. Um, you know, I have just like an access to a bigger clientele and it just has never appealed to me, but it's such like a valid mm. point that like, of course, if I lived in a bigger city, I would be able to shoot more people or whatever. Um, but I think that's like a, a broad, like a horizon over a vertical. Like, what is that thing? Like, I, it's easier for me to have a richer connections with people in a small town versus in a bigger city where I would be able to connect with a crap ton of people, but not as deep as I can here. Which and, I feel like connecting with people deeper is so important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And not to mention, bigger city means more photographers. So Yes. So true. And more competition. More competition. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. But being online... For you, the whole world is your competition. Mm-hmm. I've never really thought about that before, I guess. That's yeah. interesting. I don't really think about, I guess competition isn't something that I really think about. Mm-hmm. I know that I technically have competition, but I just feel like, I don't I don't know. There's something that makes me feel like my, I guess it's just because it's like, my own story that Mm -hmm. I came from that I feel like it's my own. Yeah. Like there can be other people who do similar things, but nothing's going to be exactly like mine. Right. Right. And my coaching style and like the empathy that I have for my clients and the way that I connect with them. I just, Mm -hmm. I, I know that there's other coaches who probably do something like very similar to me or coach very similar to me, but I just feel so strongly that it's my own. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, like I could totally pinpoint it and I think I'm just so brilliant in what I just discovered in my brain (laughs) is because you're so authentic with your blog Mm -hmm. that like they're like when the people that are coming to you are coming to you for because they're so connected to you Mm -hmm. because you're like you share so much, you blog, you know, so frequently and have for so long. And so it's, it's not like someone would be like, Hmm, do I want to work with Paige? And I want to work with Susie because like they know that they want to work with you. They know for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what like we're all trying to build when we're putting ourselves out there so much Just people who are like, there is no competition. It's comparing apples to oranges because like then Mm -hmm. you guys like all might be a fruit, but like you're so different, you know, and so specific. And so there is like, there might be someone who wants to work with someone else, but they wouldn't be a good fit for you if they didn't want to work with you you know yes interesting that's so interesting and I that's such a big difference between what you do and what what I do because my work is out there immediately and yours isn't so you have to be able to share what you are going to be doing on the other end um by through your blog because you can't be like here's an example of what a coaching session would look Mm. like you know you can't meet up with everyone and show where I can say here's an example of what a photo shoot would look like right um and so that's really interesting I don't know and yours, yours is the same as hers Paige I think mine's the same as you. You think so? They can I don't see know. the painting before they buy it. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. They see it, like, right away, and so there's no surprise. So they have to really trust you. Mm. It's so interesting. Yeah, they do. They definitely have to trust Yeah. Me. That's why with the Daily Eats thing, I've had so many consultations where someone hops on the phone, and they say, I always ask what inspired you to connect with me, and a lot of women will say, well, I was reading your Daily Eats, and <gasps> I want to have that same piece interesting. of Interesting. Or I've, I've heard it someone literally say I was reading your daily eats and it made it let me know that I could trust you whoa so it's like even though sometimes those posts feel so minimal to me like Mm -hmm. the other posts I put so much more effort into I guess because I'm really like digging deep into some topic that I'm sharing um the one where it's my own personal life and I'm putting it out there and I'm sharing an example uh those are the ones that help people really trust me it's like it helps them to get to know me so much more totally totally Mm -hmm. it's like a 
it's like it's the no we call it the no like trust factor mm-hmm. and then like the fourth aspect is like to buy from you or to mm-hmm. like to to you know be a part of your service or whatever mm-hmm. and you're building that so deeply and I just I've, I've had this revelation you have to because I always think people have to know like and trust me but I'm again I'm putting it out and so they see my work there's no like surprises mm-hmm. I mean of course it's different because they're different people and it's a different day or whatever mm-hmm. um but with you it's so important for you to to build that that factor, which is yes. interesting. What were you going to say, Paige? Oh, I was going to say, and two, or even though like those food posts seem like so simple because you're like, oh, I'm just going to cook my food and eat it. There's right. so much value in that because all of your past experience of life, of cooking, and all of your health coaching is going into those food selections you make. Mm-hmm. And it is it is more of a process. It just feels more natural because you're, you are going to the grocery store and making the choices and making the food and taking the photo. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. feels so easy, but there's still a lot of intelligence and education built into those meals and a lot of times I'll try to tie in I just call them intuitive eating notes and I'll try to tie in like what it looked like for me to choose that meal or how I felt to eat it or um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if I stopped early like what led me to stop early or what helped me to feel safe to stop early because a lot of times we don't feel safe to stop early and we want to eat the whole thing yeah Yeah. I never thought about that before (laughs) I'm curious to know this is like not a space or face question but do you eat like in silence as well whoa never thought about this before um I wouldn't say that I eat exclusively in silence. Okay. Um, or like without, because I, I find that when I eat without distraction, I'm like so much more conscious of my food. I definitely eat without distractions. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't like if I had music going on in the background. That's something that brings okay. me joy and makes me happy. If I'm sitting in front of the TV, that doesn't bring me joy at all, and I don't get as much pleasure out of my food. So then I finish the meal, but it feels like I almost haven't eaten, hmm. and that makes me wish like oh I wish I could eat again <laughs> like actually, I don't even remember yeah, eating it's actually like a, a study so when I did when I nanny the family they were not allowed to eat breakfast in front of the tv and they were like a mm. not strict family at all mm-hmm. and so when they had like specific rules it was like we really got to keep to these because they have like three rules right and so they couldn't eat breakfast in front of the tv because it's like proven that kids don't like they don't feel full after right. that and they don't like re- it's not that they don't remember eating obviously they'd be like yeah I for sure ate but they don't feel like they ate I don't know right. why that is I don't know how you're I don't know what that is about but it it's makes sense. just a distraction you're not getting the whole experience of your meal like yeah. I have plenty of times where um I'll eat a meal and I'll finish it and I'll be like oh crap I was thinking about work the whole time and yeah. I didn't even realize it but then that reminds me okay the very next time I'm hungry and I eat like I'll just be more intentional to focus on the flavor or see what the food looks like or smell mm-hmm. it or have fun with it in mm-hmm. some way how do you like share because it, like you're doing so well with everything that you do, how and when do you share like I ate this and I didn't I didn't feel good for me or like not your failures that's too heavy of a word yeah. but but yeah I call it uh, feedback so not a failure but just like getting feedback you're always getting feedback I think that all of your you know all of your meals and all of your eating experiences are just that they're just an experience that you get to learn from mm-hmm. or you know take something positive away or take something away that felt negative and then change that mm-hmm. to just get to know yourself better and what you like and how you can feel good. Um, what was your question? <laughs> well, how do you share that? How do you share like with your eats? Through daily eats. Okay. So you're like, I, I ate this and I did not like it. Right. So if I, um, that's when I have the opportunity to share those things. So if I ate something and I didn't feel good from it, I'd be able to talk about it in a daily eats post and share like why it didn't make me feel good I or mm-hmm. if I kept eating the whole thing or if I decided to stop and get something different that I like. Yeah. Or if yeah. I, you know, interesting. Just, yeah. Oh. Well, how would your business look different if you didn't have a blog? Oh my God. 
Let's pretend you would have a business because I know that your answer is going to be like, I wouldn't even have a business. <laughs> right. That's what I but, feel yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. But let's pretend that you would have a business. You wanted to start a health coaching thing before you had a blog. Like what would that look like? Before I had a blog. So what's coming to me is that there would be a lot of coffee shop meetings. Mm-hmm. There would be a lot of connecting and sharing what I do and just digging deeper in each conversation that I have with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot more offering my services in person maybe. Yeah, or yeah. Because there would have to be, if I didn't have a blog, there would have to be some other way than saying, I have a blog, you can look at it here. Right, right. There you would have, have to share all that information. There would have to be something yes. that let them know more about what I do and what exactly my service looks like. Right. Do you feel any kind of difference between, like, I'm not sure, like, what your, like, the way you share about your food or, like, very personal things, do you feel any kind of disconnect or, like, level of difference between, like, you writing about it on a blog post or telling someone in person? Like, is writing in front of the computer, does that break down some barriers for you where you feel more comfortable putting it out into that space? It does break down barriers and at the same time when I'm writing a post I or when I'm writing I have VIP emails I call them VIP Q&A emails and that's when a reader sends me a really personal question and they're not a client but it can be any question that they want and I have a list and I go through them and every other Thursday I answer them and I get really personal in them um, so when I'm either writing a VIP email or I'm writing a blog post I always ask myself is this something that I would say to a client or is this something that I would say in person? Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, then it's probably um, something that I might not be being careful with my words enough or being sensitive Mm -hmm. enough to someone else. Yeah. So So that's you being very aware of like the space or face or crossover. mm -hmm. It's you like really knowing that like you should be treating your audience like you would people that you would actually come face to face to. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I I try to be authentic while also still being super sensitive to some someone else's own experience like for example the birth control post that I just wrote Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that everything that I said in that post I'd be really comfortable telling someone who is sitting right in front of me who is on birth control because my intention is not to make anybody feel bad about Mm -hmm. taking birth control Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I think that everyone should do what feels good for them I just wanted to share in that blog post my own experience with which Yes. With what led me to stop yeah. taking it because girls had asked like, oh, why'd you stop taking it? Right, right. And I, we actually like dove into your blog post um, last week quite a bit and discussed how that was very effective. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you didn't like turning one off, but, and you were just like, this is my personal experience mm-hmm. with it. Um, and how we, we discussed how it was like so relevant to what you were saying, but it was also very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we thought it was like applause worthy. Yes. yes. Oh, thank you so You're much. so welcome. And same with my daily eats. I try to put a reminder at the beginning of each one that my daily eats aren't something where you show up and you compare your own eating to mine. Rather, it's you show up and you get to see evidence of, okay, I can listen to my own body. This person does it. It works for them. Maybe Mm -hmm. this will work for me. I can listen to my own body. I can trust my own body. Mm -hmm. And I I don't have to be so limited in my food choices. Yeah. Interesting. I think there was like another way that we could have taken Paige's question. Like, do you ever feel like you put something more personal online than you put, than you would say to somebody in person? No. No. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. You don't. I feel that I would. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I could almost be more authentic in person. Yeah, but then yeah. when I really think about it, that's not true because when I'm writing something, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I'll, I'll hit a point where I'm like, whoa, like are people going to, you know, what's someone going to think if they read this? Or mm-hmm. Is this going to be too much or am I willing to get criticized for this if mm-hmm. someone does decide to mm-hmm. jump out of the woods and attack me? <laughs> because <laughs> it can happen. Right. Um, so I 
I guess when you're on the internet, sometimes you can feel like you have to be a little bit more guided because you don't know who you're talking to necessarily. Totally. Totally. I know who I'm talking to, like my audience, but also I don't know if there's like bullies, I'll call them for lack of a better word, reading it, looking just to like go and attack bloggers because that totally happens. Has it happened to you? Uh, yeah, it's happened to me a few times. Weird. Yeah. Like, do they comment or like, what do they do? Um, I've gotten a couple emails and a couple of comments and then websites. Oh my gosh. Which yeah, never, wait. there are separate forums where people hate on each other and like on YouTubers too. It's very common. And they'll, make, they'll make up, if you get more famous, they'll like make up rumors and post yep. them there. So weird. I never read them. That's like such a difference between, I feel like we're kind of like gearing this whole episode to like the difference between an online business and an in-person business, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's something that, I can't tell if it's different between being a local business and being an online business, um, like how much you are susceptible to like haterhood, mm, you know, because yeah. like in person you totally are because because you're like walking down the street and people can see you as a being mm. and can like say things about you and they're like they are um, exposed to you involuntarily right Mm. so like to someone to find me on the internet and then to troll me after that is just so ridiculous to me because I'm like you went to my website Mm. you went my blog post like I didn't put that in your face like that was your choice but then in person I could show up to Starbucks and someone could have they have to see me there's something you know what I mean um and so it's like that's a different thing for me like being very sensitive not that I would offend somebody by existing at Starbucks, um, but people totally could hate on me because they have to see me all the time, yes, you know? So totally. it's so interesting because when I totally had people, like, I've had one person on Snapchat or a couple be like, your voice is so annoying and your photography sucks and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm so sorry that you spent so much time yes. looking through all of my YouTube yes, videos so. and, like, looking at all of my photography to, to come to the, yeah. you know? So interesting. Yeah. And there's a good common thread here of, like, we actually um, talked about having – another episode all about like oh what do you do with the haters because they definitely come up online they don't come up in person like ever who like no no one talks smack about you to your face but I think the common thread that I hear between the three of us is like we just ignore it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, and like the the you'll get a hundred good ones and one bad one like the good ones always outweigh the bad ones a hundred percent I will say though that um something that really helps me to separate myself from it is to just trust that I'm being true to myself and I'm being authentic Mm. all the time because then if someone attacks me when I'm being really true to myself and authentic it doesn't bother me as much because I'm like okay they're just having their own emotional experience or reaction to whatever they just read or Mm -hmm. something that I said Mm -hmm. but I know that I'm I'm being completely authentic and open and you know, truthful and vulnerable to you. Totally. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't get to me as much. Yeah. So like I in feel- a couple comments that I've received, mm-hmm. I'll check myself, I'll read it and I'll ask myself, okay, is any of this true about me? Like, can I learn anything from yeah, this? Yeah. If yes, then I'll write back. If not, then I delete it and I don't respond. And I don't respond. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard because, because they're saying things that are like, like when am I supposed to be like, you know what? I, I re-listened to my videos. My voice is annoying. You know, of course there's like, there's some things that are just so weird that you can't even respond to, but they oh, my favorite. Say, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, my favorite is like, people are like, Oh, I love this video, but you'd be a lot more attractive without piercings. And I'm like, what? Uh, I'm like, does my face really offend you that much? That kind of comment, I don't know if it doesn't even, I don't think it bothers me though. I'd be way more offended if someone insulted my work, like what yes. I made. But yes. I'm like, I could care less. Like, you don't have to look at my face if you don't me. want to. Right. It's so funny. I think about, I'm like, when you said, when you feel authentic, you feel like kind of impervious to, it's like what they're saying. And I think, 
I was going to say, I feel that way when I do my best work because I'm like, mm. this is really the best I could have done. And so I didn't, I wouldn't feel bad about being like, shoot, I should have done better than they would not have said those things to mm. me. But then again, I also feel like I would be like, oh my God, but that's the best I could have done. Like, and it's not good enough. Like that would really, that'd be such a bummer. But I do feel like when people comment on like my work or on me, I'm never, it doesn't ever really upset me because I always feel like, and I take very, like, I'm very cautious to be like authentic. It would, it's like very hard for me to not do that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm like writing or whatever, I yeah. almost to a point where I wish I could be sometimes and like write like a really nice informative post <laughs> and I'm like, can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> well, um, it's funny because there's like no room for you to take the insult. Well, you could take it personally, but like you're, if you're like, how else am I supposed to talk? Like, what are you going to yes. do? Become a mute? It's not like you're like, oh yeah, I've been intentionally making my voice sound this way. And now I got called out for it. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I cannot yeah, become mute. Like, what am I supposed to say? Also for the record, I don't think my voice is annoying. So no, yeah, I don't either. Okay. Thanks. No, <laughs> Here's that. Um, but you know, people will just say whatever, whatever they want. And I'm being very flattering. I remember, I was, I remember when it happened and I, I screenshot it to you page and I was like, this makes me feel like one step closer to being Kardashian. Yeah. Oh That's how God. I feel. Totally, totally. That's how it feels. I can't be a Kardashian without the haters. You know what I'm saying? So yes. I'm getting pretty close. Jesus also had a ton of haters because remember, they put him up on that cross. So <laughs> yeah. just saying, closer so every day. True. <laughs> and I, I also try to remember um, something that I love to remind myself of is that hurt people hurt people. Whoa. So when someone's saying something to me that sounds really hurtful, Mm -hmm. I try and remember that like, okay, that person's hurting in some way. Um, whatever it is, like they read something, saw something, whatever it is, and they're upset about it. So they're attacking me and they're not thinking about how I feel. They're thinking like, Oh, this just pissed me off or me. Interesting. Something in me. So I'm just going to say something. Right. So that helps me to not take it very personally. It allows me to like separate myself from that comment. Right. And it doesn't happen to me much. And I have to give credit to that. I have so many more 98% more like positive things that people say. And I think that that's so worth giving credit to because Mm -hmm. it's also, you know, people don't always take the time to say something nice. So when people do, um, I just think it's important to give credit to that too. Yeah. As you guys said too. Yeah, totally. Do I was wondering based on the way you talk, do you read a lot or listen a lot to Brene Brown? I love Brene Brown. I love vulnerability and courage and authenticity and also self-compassion by Kristen Neff. Mm -hmm. I love learning about self-compassion and human kindness and mindfulness and all of those things. Yeah, because I can just tell by the way that you speak, like you seem so in tune and sensitive to people, which I'm sure is like a huge aspect, uh, asset for your coaching, but I'm not like so familiar. I think I've listened to maybe like two Brene Brown TED Talks, but there's another podcast that Asia and I both like, Being Boss, and oh, yeah. yeah. I think Jen Carrington, who I also work with, as in she's my coach, mm. um, recommended that to me. She sent me one of their podcasts, and I listened to it and loved it. Yeah, so good. So, like, one of the co-hosts designed Brene Brown's website and branding, so, like, they became friends through it, and, um, and then Brene came on the show, but, like, she has definitely referenced her maybe, like, maybe on, like, four different episodes at least so I can just tell by like when you first made that reference to her I was like oh I can hear that like yes yeah yeah I love her and I love um I love self-compassion and like empathy and business I think that's so cool you guys are talking about it next week I totally gonna listen to it um because I think it's so important to let people know one that they're not alone two that what they're going through isn't weird or abnormal 
like to validate them and also to let them know that what they're going through is really hard, but then to connect that and know that, hey, we all go through hard stuff. Life isn't meant to be super like happy all the time with no problems because sometimes we can feel like that. We can feel like, crap, I'm the only one dealing with this and I can't tell anyone about it and I need to hide. But when you start to voice those things, you can really start to work through it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's so powerful to be able to work through it with someone who will say, that's okay. Or, hey, you did something that felt like you messed up again. That's okay. I do that too. Um, And here's how we can move forward from it. Because as Brene Brown would teach, when we're kept in shame, we don't move forward and we don't want to talk to people. We don't want to tell people about it. Um, and we get really stuck. So, and with all of my clients, I try to, we work on that, like from the get go, like we remove all of that junk and uncover it and it's okay for them to be how they are. It's okay for them to be imperfect. I'm not perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. Um, and so it just makes for like such a solid ground for us to, you know, work on things and help them to move forward and really get to where they want to be when we remove all that shame stuff. Yeah. That is so interesting because I think like from a surface level, you could think like, oh, health coaching, like someone's going to send you a meal plan and someone's going to tell you what to eat. But I feel like yours, I feel like is way more than like 50% of that. It's like so much more like you being a listener and like you being in tune with them and like all emotional. Yes. I know. I almost wish I had a different name for my um, position, I guess, because I find myself telling people I'm a health coach, but I don't do dieting. Like, don't take that away from it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I teach women to listen to their own bodies and ditch diets for good and make peace with food. Which is so interesting because as much as you like to say, like on your website, like Paige Schmidt intuitive, you know, have some more like lofty way to describe it. Nothing. There is kind of that thing there where it's like, okay, well, someone might not catch you might not catch their eye unless it does say health coach or if you want to go as far as like seo results or like you want to know that someone's a certified health coach like that's an important title although it might not accurately describe who you are and i've had people find me before by searching online for a health coach and then they find their website and they're like wow like sure, I want to lose weight, but like even more than that, I want to work on all this other stuff. And Mm -hmm. if weight loss comes with that, then cool. But I don't even care about that compared to these great like nuggets that we get to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, and becoming just like, I want to say the best version of yourself, but I don't, I don't mean that in a way where it's like, I mean that in a very like gentle way, I guess when I say the best version of Mm -hmm. yourself, it's Mm -hmm. like, you're just being, I guess it's you being more true to yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that nobody reading who knew you from your blog would assume that you would be anything but gentle in saying those oh, things. I hope so. <laughs> but people who who are come, they can only know that you would get more out of it by what you share. Because let's say you had a website and like a, maybe a mediocre or non-existent blog. Mm-hmm. Um, so like somewhere in between the question I had earlier, I guess, like people could come and be like, okay, cool, she's a health coach. Because of what you share, though, people know they're going to get mm-hmm. so much more from you, I'm which so is glad. so great. And you kind of have the same um, – the same – system process, I guess, as Jen Carrington does, which I bet is why you really connect with her exactly. because she like is, it's so therapeutic. Like mm. I love working with her as a creative coach. We started working as like a quote unquote blog coach. And then once she got me like over like my mental obstacles with that, which I've totally said before on the podcast, I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to have this everything. And recently I was like, I'm going to book you for the year. Literally. I was yeah. like, how do we make this happen? I know I'm not done with you until March, but I wanted, I don't know if I told you that page. I was no, like, Oh, I didn't know. I was curious if you guys were still working together or not. Yeah, we're actually, we're in a, we're in be a game changer until March. 
March. And then after I told her recently, I was like, hey, like, I'm at a point right now where I would love to hire you for the rest of the year, even though I know what I've done for a couple months. Right. So, like, how, just invoice me and I, we'll just take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, she like, really is such – like, both of you guys are so gentle. It's, I Like, I get that. I mean, I talked to Jen one time on Skype, but – even just listening to her podcast, I'm like, oh, I feel like she's, like, holding my hand and, like, walking me through this. Like, totally. she had her mini so that was solo, just her talking about how to have a routine as a creative. And she – it's. I think it also comes from, like, she's very, like, gentle with herself as well. Like, she had this yes. five-month time of, like, t- terrible sleep and schedule and, like, overbooking and stuff. And she really, like, walks herself through it. I think it's, like, very appealing because I'm not, like, that, like, gentle person. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not, like, oh, you know – Uh, so I really appreciate that. It's like, people still connect with that. I I like that you called me gentle. It's a very nice thing. I don't think I'm gentle at all. Oh, I was talking about Paige. Oh, okay. Got it. I was like, (laughs) thank you. I think for saying Not that I think you're brash, but it's just, it's, it's different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I would not call myself gentle, but it's, I think that I'm, I'm not, it's, it's interesting to see how people attract people. Cause I feel like most of the time I talk about being authentic online or in person attracts people who are like you, mm-hmm. but I think it also attracts people who are just attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And I am very attracted to people who are gentle because I'm not gentle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's either because I feel like I want need them to balance me out or because it's so different because I want to learn from it. Not that I'm thinking intentionally about that, but I love like working with Jen because she thinks of so many things that I don't think of. I'm like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. When I say all the time that, um, Page 2.0 says, does that feel good for you? She says it all the time. <laughs> she and I told know me this this morning. I was like, I didn't really realize that I said that outside of my sessions, yes. but I say it in my sessions all the time. It's totally like health coach lingo, it sounds like. And she'll, she'll say it. I've told you this already, Paige, but she'll be like, does it feel good for you to leave in 10 minutes? And I'm like, it would feel wonderful. Thank <laughs> you for great. asking. Okay, great. When I'm like, we're going to leave in 10 minutes. Is that cool? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, but that but, sensitivity but, for coaching is such a valuable yeah. asset. And that's like one opinion. of the reasons I'm like, man, could I do that? Like what I'm going to be like, so do this. Does that sound okay? Good. Well, (laughs) a lot of coaches who start coaching and this isn't a criticism, but a lot of coaches who start coaching and then quit really quickly is because they feel like my clients aren't doing what I'm telling them to do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's the problem right there. You can't just tell your coaching clients what to do. They're not going to do what you tell them to do because they're going to be upset that you're just telling them what to do. You have to help them work through all their stuff and really see it from a different light. And then with them come up with you know, a new practical, good things that can move them yeah. forward. But they so feel wise. totally in line with them. That's exactly She's so how wise. I, yeah. Right. She's so wise. Continue. That's exactly Sorry. how I described Jen because you and I <laughs> did a call with her about like our strategies and future plans for the podcast. And mm-hmm. literally Jen said a lot less than we did, I would say, but yes. not like, oh, wow, this coach didn't say anything. She like right. made us come to our own realizations on our own yes. without being like, here's what to do. See ya. You know, right. and so right. it get like, it makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah. You're like, wow, you I'm so smart. Ownership over it. <laughs> yeah. It's such totally. like, a, I feel yeah. like you like learn that in therapy school or something. Yes. Like, where do you guys learn these things as coaches? It's fascinating. I don't know. I don't know how you guys Working do it. Working on ourselves and books. Okay. And, <laughs> and Brene <books>. Brown. <laughs> Got it. That's what I need to be doing is listening to some Brene Brown before we can get totally. <laughs> too much into it. Um, I also want to talk to you a little bit about like how you started, like what your goal was for your blog. And I'm asking this question to set you up for the answer I know you already have. Mm-hmm. And yes, I want to know like why you started your blog and like how that started. And did you, could you ever see yourself when you started it being becoming what you are now? 
Um, so I started my blog with the intention to help just one woman. I told myself, okay, if I can just help one girl, all of this work will be worth it. And of course, at that point, I hadn't done that much work to it, but I was sharing everything that I ate, trying to like normalize food a little bit more and let people know that they didn't have to diet. And I meant that from the bottom of my heart. Like if I can just help one girl, that'll be great. Because when I was in high school and college and I was going through, um, all of my disordered eating, I didn't feel like I had anyone who I could feel safe looking up to. Um, I either knew people who didn't diet but didn't like their bodies or did diet and still didn't like their bodies really. <laughs> but like the way I was looking, I was like, oh, okay, like they have a body they're comfortable in and they diet. That must be the only way to do it. Um, and so for me, I wanted to be an example of someone who could be comfortable in their body, but also who didn't feel the need to diet at all. Mm -hmm. um, and by comfortable in their body, I mean like just choosing to like my body because I have the choice to do that right now, you know, whether I lose 10 pounds or gain 10 pounds. Um, and so that was my goal in starting it. And then, no, I didn't know that it was going to go where it went. Uh, my blog. I didn't know that at all. Mm -hmm. I had the goal of one person. Mm -hmm. And then comments started rolling in of people being able to relate. And I was like, wow, I can't believe like so many girls out there feel exactly the same to me. I thought it was like so much more surfaced before. Like either you do diet or you don't. Either you're doing good on your diet or you're not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are the things you talk about with your friends. You don't talk about any of the deeper stuff or how it's really hard or it feels emotional or you feel like you might have a problem but no one's talking about it hmm. and things like that. And so um, – when I was blogging and these girls were responding or sending emails saying that everything resonated with them and they didn't feel alone and thank you so much. And um, I just knew that I had to, not even had to, but really just like wanted to take yeah. it so much further. Yeah. How, how long do you think like it took, like just to like give people who are listening like encouragement that like when they're putting things out there that like people are reading and listening and they are resonating with people, like regardless of like how specific they think their situation is, like how long do you think it took? Like I'm sure it wasn't the very first blog was the first time you press publish. Yeah, no, probably like nine months or so. That's great. That's yeah. so, yeah. And like in the, and when you look back, I'm sure that nine months, like it look, it feels like a short amount of time when you look back, but I'm sure during it, if you were thinking like, Oh, I want to start a business. I want to do this. And you're like trying really hard to make it into a quote unquote thing that would have felt like forever. Yeah. But for you just doing it to help one person, I think that's what we like, like to encourage people to start out. Like, like you, and we talked about this with Amy Young, like yeah. you just are starting out to like put out there what feels good for you and like what feels good to share. And then you're hoping just like one person might read it mm. and feel good. And that's what you did. And like, has brought you to where you are now, which yeah. like Paige will not say this on the podcast, but she's very successful as a full-time health coach. And so putting, mm -hmm. putting you to this point from starting from there is a huge difference. And because you did it with like pure intentions, mm -hmm. which is so cool. Totally. And I love that. It could seem yeah. short too, but if you, I'm not sure how often you were writing them, but if you were actually writing three blog posts a week for nine months, yeah, that um, is a lot of stuff. You don't even know. I was writing like three blog posts a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like so, that's hundreds of posts. That's crazy. It, it was more like my blog was more like Instagram would be today. Like I was like posting a picture of my food and writing about it right then. Oh, I see. And, I see. Mm -hmm. Um, something I think is really important to note is that I wasn't only doing it to help that one person. Like 
that was an intention I had, like if this can help one person, awesome. And I want to be an example to other people, Mm -hmm. but also my blog was something that I enjoyed and still enjoy writing so much that it was also for me. So important. Um, And we say like, if you don't like doing something, don't do it. Right. You know, like we say like, we want you guys to be online. That's imperative. If you don't like having a website, suck it up. But if you don't like blogging or if you don't like vlogging or you don't like Instagram or whatever, then don't do it. Because those things, like, you just, we need, we want our people to connect with people in whatever way that has to be authentic. So if you feel like it's forced, then don't do it. Like, I can't imagine if you didn't like it, you wouldn't do it. And if I didn't like it, I probably wouldn't have the following that I do. Yes. Because nothing would feel good for people as they're reading it. It would be like, oh, this girl's just, like, sitting behind her desk, like, trying to think of something really hard to talk about to us and she's not even enjoying it yeah. but rather it's like ah oh, I just got like this thing and this urge to write to all of you and yes. I need to like sit down and map it out like yes. for you and but also amazing. for myself it feels it's good to get it out so amazing I love that we literally said this exact words like last time like yeah yeah like you can't if you don't, don't scrape it, the bottom of the barrel exactly. like drag yeah. yourself through it right like don't feel like you have to write about something that you don't or write about something specific or write in general if it's not something you feel really good about. You don't have to be like a writer to do that, you right. know. You just have to be like able to share your experiences and feel good about it. Especially not on a blog. You don't need to be a writer. I think mm-hmm. that personally, I think blogs are more fun to read when it feels like the person's just sitting there like talking totally. to me. That's exactly what we talked about, yeah. Because um, you want to feel like you're doing that. If you if your goal really is to be a spacer and a facer and you want to have like authentic presence online and offline, you have to do that because you don't want to be like having a coffee shop date with someone who read your blog and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know you were going to sound like that or right. I didn't know you were going to talk like that and that's yeah. so interesting interesting you know you don't want to ever like shock anyone with your mm, presence yeah so that's that's interesting that's cool that you feel that you do that because I think you definitely do as well yeah. which is awesome so I'd be curious to know that since your original goal was to write this blog to connect and help one girl like after you did that then you obviously like I think most people are motivated and we move on and then we have like a new goal so maybe it's you want to connect with five people mm-hmm. and so we kind of um in our last interview talk talking with Amy Young she's someone who's very outwardly successful and you are too so I'd be curious to know like what your next big thing is that would feel like wow this is a point of success for me or if you already like feel that you're there or like what your next reach is that you like look towards and look forward to Totally. I think I've had those all along the way. So mm-hmm. at first it was I started on Tumblr and I thought it was going to be really small. Then I told myself when I got to a thousand followers on Tumblr, I would switch to WordPress because I thought I was just going to be a blogger who had ads. Um, and so then I switched to WordPress. And then once I had done that, um, which by the way, I thought that Tumblr was such a great place to start because it really mm-hmm. helped me to connect with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and there's that like fun interaction of you're signing on to your Tumblr and you're liking posts. So there's just a lot of interaction on it. Um, or at least there was in 2011. <laughs> um, oh my God. That's when I was, okay. Oh my, that's so funny that you say 2011 because that's when I got obsessed with Tumblr and I was yeah. super into it. I met one of my good friends on it. Like, it's so funny. Totally. Oh, that's great. Um, So I switched over to WordPress and then let's see, like five months or so after that. So my intention was just to grow my following then. Um, And that was just by sharing it on basic, basic like social media sites. I didn't do anything too fancy. Um, But then in like, I would say like January, I started really considering changing my career path because I was in school, nursing school to be a nurse. That's so interesting. Yeah. I totally forget that sometimes. Yes. And um, 
I read a book. <laughs> it's a Kelly Catrone book. It's called <gasps> If You Have to uh, Cry, Go Outside. Yes! And other things your mother never told you. Something Funny. like that. And I would have never picked this book up in a million years. But my friend gave it to me. And so I was like, okay, I'll read it. And she is just like so hardcore, like not gentle. But it was like basically like... It's going to be hard, but you need to go after what you want to do. Yeah. Totally. And I was like, geez, like I, I want to work with these girls that I'm connecting with in a deeper way. So that book just like as silly as it sounds, just gave me such like a kick in the butt. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to sign up for IAN, go to this nutrition school and I'm not going to worry about feeling because I'm not going to let myself, like mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep going. And if I keep going, I'll eventually like run into being a health coach and getting to connect with these women. Um, so I did that and I just didn't give up. And when it felt hard, I told myself like, just keep going. Like, it's okay. It's going to feel hard. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I still tell myself that all the time. (laughs) Um, and my next big goal was creating an online program, which is finally com, And, um, that's an online course that girls can go through at their own pace that has 12 sessions, 12 video sessions. It has notes and goals, worksheets, Um, to help you on your own at your own pace work through your relationship to food and make peace with it. And so that was like my next big goal, and that was getting a business partner. So now I have a business partner who's Simi Bodich, um, and we have Finally Free. So there's kind of like these two businesses now, Healthy Hits the Spot and one-on-one coaching, and then the like digital or virtual coaching through Finally Free. Um, and then my next big goal is we're doing something called Finally Free Mastery. Oh, yeah. Yes, which that will happen in March. So we'll be launching like end of February, early March. And that's going to combine Finally Free, the digital program, with live group coaching for 12 weeks. So we're going to combine the two. Um And then after that, who knows? (laughs) And also like something huge that I've been working through is as a coach, you have to, like no one's giving you raises. You have to give yourself raises as you gain experience. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I'm always having to work on. And that always feels really challenging for me, Um, probably just because my own money story and money beliefs. And I never want to make it harder for someone to work with Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I'm really learning is that when a client invests more, like I said at the beginning of the call, like they get so much more value out of it just yes. because of the bigger investment that they made in themselves. So I'm trying to see it as more as a gift. Um, and it really is a gift because I'm able to give them so much more of my uh, value and investment mm-hmm. and like just like solidly just like believing in them and giving them all the support that I can. Right. And then letting their experience be their own and being totally unattached to what their experience will be with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so interesting. That would be really difficult for me, I think. It is. Yeah. You want to control the experience that everyone has with you. Right. Because you genu- genuinely want them to have a good experience. But the truth is, like, all of us who hop on the phone with Jen, for example, we're each going to have a totally different experience with right. her. And if she just kind of, like, backs up and lets us have our own experience, like, it's all going to be better for all of us. Right, Instead right. of her trying to make, like... Yeah. All three of us, for example, have the same exact experience. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get the results that I need if that was happening. Right, right. God, we talked about so many things today. <laughs> I know, I'm like, what are we going to title this episode? Because <laughs> there was a lot of different streams of thought. Seriously, like, we talked about, like, the, like, right now, like, the psychology of pricing and how important that is to, like, price yourself, like, what you're worth and potentially above what you're worth because, like, then you're able to give more, to challenge yourself to give more. Mm-hmm. We talked about, like, 
starting really small and like starting authentically. We talked about being authentic, your online and your in-person presence and how important that is to be the same. And like when you are authentic, you have no choice because you can't be like authentically one person and then authentically a different person. And we also talked about like the difference between an online and offline business and like how one business can be both Mm -hmm. and like how your journey has been different because you've been more of a facer all thanks to me Asia Crosa. (laughs) Yes totally. (laughs) This is what I tell myself. Um, So that's we we hit so many topics here. Maybe it's on authenticity or um, being gentle with yourself (laughs) or do you start a business or. (laughs) Gosh so many things and just like your journey is so inspiring. I remember and I've said this before and I hopefully I've said it to your face that that, like when we first met, you're like, oh, I'm a blogger. And I'm like, I'm so sure. Not yes, like it wasn't anything about you this. personally, right. you know, but like just like kind of like brushed it off. And then I remember when I first saw your website and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, that's so, so crazy. Thank like, you, yes, yeah, you're so, so legit, even though like, a, like my standards were so low for what that was. I was like, uh-huh, I'm sure I was surprised by it. And then even if I was like, yeah, she's a great blogger. I would have, they looked at your website and even been more impressed. It's so Mm -hmm. great. And I definitely want you guys to go check it out because even if, and I think anybody can relate to the things that you're saying. So it's not just like people who are struggling with food, like, because that's not something I feel personally like that I struggle with, but I Mm -hmm. learned so much from reading what you write. Mm -hmm. And, and so even if you're not going to it to learn about intuitive eating, it's such a great business thing to look at. It really is. It's, it's inspiring to look at your business and how you started it, why you started it, um, and how you treat your clients. And you can tell how you treat them by how you treat your readers. Mm. And so we're like, it's definitely, uh, it's a great role model to have for sure. So great. So nice. So how about you let us know where everyone can find you and listen to you and work with you. Um, we have said healthy hits, the spot.com is your website. You're also on Instagram at healthy hits, the spot. So yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I'm on Facebook at Healthy Hits the Spot, mm-hmm. um, or my private Facebook is just Paige Schmidt. Um, and then I'm on Twitter. That's just Healthy Hits Spot because there's no space for the in there. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> and I just got a Snapchat, but we'll see how that goes. I'm so excited. I've been sending her snaps like all day, and she's like, wait, yeah. can I repost the snaps that you send me? How do I and work like, this? That not what work. buttons do I push? How do I get off the camera screen? I don't know how to work it, but we'll see. That might be something that happens. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. I mean, I think every business owner should be on Snap, yes. obvi. Yes. I'm so pumped on it. And then also... Um, finallyfreeprogram.com is where I have the did, uh, virtual health coaching program and you can also download 30 days of a free finally free master planner there so cool um, and then if you're interested in knowing about my services on my blog under health coaching there's a services page and there's also a success stories page which I always lead people to the success stories page because each girl that I work with kind of writes her own little story at the end of her time together. And I plug those all in on the success story page. And I think it's like the most relatable Mm -hmm. part of my blog. If you want to, um, if you're considering working with me, that's so cool. And I also would highly recommend getting on our list because there's some people whose lists I think are very valuable. And then there are some who are not. And I think you and the person we interviewed last week, Amy Young or two weeks ago, um, your guys's email lists are so like there's just so valuable because there's so much more that happens on the email list than Mm. does um just on the blog and so I would recommend you guys definitely hop on the list because again if not for what she's sharing how she's sharing it is also so inspiring so it would be great to to get on that how do you get on that what's the easiest way it's right on the right when you go to my blog you'll see it at the very top you just enter your first name and email and push yes and then I send you a free 30-day um loving yourself more calendar (laughs) That sounds great to me. I, <laughs> I love that. That sounds like a great thing to do for Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, I guess by the time this episode goes up, it'll be post-Valentine's Day. But 
Still, yeah. you can love yourself. Anytime. You can still do yeah. it any time of year. <laughs> love yourself always. Yeah. Well, thank you, Paige, so much for being here with us. We loved having you, and it was a great conversation. You are so wise. So you're so wise. I think I think everyone's gonna really benefit from what you said, not from just a business perspective, but it was just a. It was like some nice emotional like. Yeah, I liked this. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah, I'm so glad. Thank you guys so much for having me. I Absolutely, love being on. of course. Absolutely. So good. Alrighty. All right. So we will talk to you guys in our next episode, which is going to be another interview. So we will Hola. have them back to back. Holla with Jamie Hyatt, who's also in slow at the moment. So we're gonna have a couple slow in-person interviews and until then we are sending you guys all the positive and creative vibes your way and we hope you're having a fabulous freaking week bye thank you for listening to space to face brought to you by asia croson and Paige poppy To find out more about us and get episodes delivered straight to your inbox each week, please check out our website at space2face.com. Until our next episode, we hope you'll apply what you've learned today to nurture both the online and face-to-face aspects of your business. And until then, we thank you and we will see you in our next one.